Welcome to the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon. The love that is impressed upon it is what makes you a conqueror in your life, which gives you the ability to overcome the things of this world and the things the enemy tries to put on your on your back. With Pastor Jay Petty. Because as far as God is concerned, He has chosen you, and He has poured out His love in you, and you ha- are acquitted from everything that ever could have happened in your life. Join us here each week for the Living Waters Church Sunday Sermon Podcast. It is the life of God that is spurring in you now. It is a place where there is true righteousness and holiness. That's what God sees in you. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He sees the very holiness of God in you. Now let's join Pastor Jay Petty for this week's Sunday Sermon. Ephesians 2. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses and sins, made us alive together with Christ. For by grace you have been saved, and raised up, raised us up together, and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I start out with love this morning because it's the reason God does everything he does. It's the reason his mercy flows. It's the reason that his grace flows. It is the reason that God does in each of our lives. It doesn't matter. Simply because of one thing, he loves us. And his love is not small love. His love is great love. It's, it's monstrous. It's humongous in his love towards us. And it, it, it's an amazing thing when you know that God loves you no matter what. It gives you uh, a reality that God has got you in his hands. When Jesus died and, and, and uh, he uh, said some beautiful words right at the end, it's finished. The old way is finished. The old nature is finished. I mean, he's saying, and at the same time that he was speaking, the same time that he gave up his last breath, the veil in the temple was rent. Now, it's 12 inches thick, by the way. I want you to know that. You couldn't even take a team of horses on each side and tear it. But as soon as he died, that, that curtain that curtain that separated the holy, most holy place from the holies of holies was ran in two, exposing, exposing the glory of God to man. The first time since Adam that God was able to express himself, to reveal himself, to show himself who he is to his creation. God did that all because of one reason, is because He longed for us, and he wanted to demonstrate to us how much he loved us. Very important that we understand that God loves us, and that love is a very deep, 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 passionate, sympathetic love that he has for us. God has done some things out of that great love. One of the things he has done is in Romans 5, 5. Now hope does not disappoint us because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he has given us. 
So God opened this doorway, see, this, this veil opened up, and all of a sudden, those who came to him, man, he began to make himself known to them. And he began to do it in such a way that when they came to him, he filled up a different place with his holiness, with his holy presence, with his righteousness. And it was in the sight of man that God began to fill up this, this, this not just his love, but he began to express his love in the presence of God who gave us his spirit who dwells in our hearts. We're talking about, we talk about being uh, 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 living stones, living, a living stone being brought back from the dead, made alive because of the glory of God manifest in each of us. That's love. There's no place you can't go that that love doesn't go. There's no place that you can't fall that that love can't pick you up. There's no place that you can't, that can't happen in your life that God is not going to demonstrate to you how much he loves you. If you get that across, I'm going to tell you something would change the world. It would change everything about your life. It would change everything about your family's life. It would change everything. And the reason is, is because you would begin to experience the overwhelming passion of God that he has for you. That God has for you as an individual, as a human being. Nothing in this earth can separate us from the love of God. Not one thing. Romans 8, 35 says, he Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation, distress, persecution, famine, nakedness, or pearl or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are killed all day long, and we are counted as sheep for the slaughter. Yet in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. God makes us the conqueror because he loves us and because he gave his love to us. No matter what you're walking through, you're already an overcomer. And God wants you to understand that the love that is behind it, the love that is impressed upon it, is what makes you a conqueror in your life, which gives you the ability to overcome the things of this world and the things the enemy tries to put on your, on your back. God wants you to know he's got you. I mean, he really has you. And he has you in such a way that he's never, never, never going to let go. See, many times when we go through stuff we, and we don't feel God, we think, well, where are you, God? But I want to tell you something. God has made it very clear that nothing can separate you from his love. Nothing can separate you from coming into his presence. Nothing can separate you from him at all, no matter what it is. No matter how bad it may seem or how difficult it may be to get through, God is saying there's nothing, nothing in this world, there's nothing in heaven that can separate you from me. Wow. That's why when we die, we're trans transported <laughs> into the presence of God. Why? Because he has us. See, we're more than conquerors. And Paul says, I am persuaded neither death nor life, nor angels or principalities or, nor powers, 
nor things present, nor things to come, nor heights, nor depths, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing. If you feel a distance between you and God, it's not God. If you feel a separation between you and God, it's not God. It's not anything. Because there's nothing in this earth that can separate you from the love that he has for you, that great love that he poured out into you, that great love that continues to reach to you no matter where you're at. You may fall down pretty hard. And I mean, you may fall real hard. You may feel like your life is a disaster. But you want to know something? If you turn around and you take a hold of that love and see that love for what it really is, one of the most powerful things is it'll begin to raise you up out of that place you're in and begin to establish you and begin to recreate your life. That's what it'll do. Many times we feel like it's all over. Many feel, times we feel like it's a failure. That's because we're looking at us. We're looking at our mistakes. We're looking at the things that we have done or what somebody else has done to us. And yet if we just turn around and put our focus on him and focus on the fact that you know, you know that he loves you and you know that it doesn't matter when, you can come to him anytime, any place. And you can find strength, encouragement, you can find vision and purpose. You can find all the things that you have need of to lift your life from where you're at into that graciousness of God. Love brings mercy. Love brings grace. Love brings salvation. Love brings deliverance. Love brings it all. Everything, every promise, every promise is because God loves you. And if you lose that, you lose hope. You lose an expectancy in God. Titus 3, 4 through 6 says, But when the kindness and the love of God our Savior towards men appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he has saved us. Through the washing and regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly in Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Let me give you a real picture of it. One day you're wandering in darkness. Wandering in the place that you are wandering in. You might have been feeling a tendency that God is trying to draw you. And he is. He is drawing you. But one day, a light begins to shine in your heart. Maybe you say, well, maybe I need to go to church, or maybe I need to find a church, or maybe I need to pray, or maybe I need to start reading the Bible. Whatever way it is. And this love that God has is already being poured out towards you and on you. No one comes to the, 
comes to the Son unless he is drawn by the Father. No one. God uses many different avenues to make that happen, but the biggest avenue he uses is your heart. Maybe in a servant's where you feel the Spirit of God moving and it begins to touch your heart and begins to break you. I can't tell you the many different ways that God begins to draw us to him. But it's out of that great love that he has for us that is doing it. It's out of that great love that he pours out his mercy in that situation upon your life and begins to touch you and begins to cause you to open up your heart to receive what he's offering you. And the moment, the moment you do, the moment you accept it, bam, the Holy Spirit comes in. You're washed, you're cleansed, you're sanctified. You're set apart. You, all of a sudden now, your whole life has changed in a moment of a twinkling of an eye. And all of a sudden, you know. You know. The things I'm speaking to is because God loves you. He did it. And he says, it's not because of the things that we do or the things that we could do. It's not about anything about what us. It's about him. It's all about him. This is all about him. This is all about what he does. It's all about his reaching. It's all about his love reaching to you. It's all about his grace touching your life. It's being poured out towards you. It's because he's saying to you, I love you. You are highly and very important to me. And I'm reaching to you. Because of my love. I already sent my son to, to pay the full price of everything so that you could just come. So you could just come. Boys, and we wrestle with God when he's calling us to his grace and to his salvation. Sometimes when we get mad at God, it's still his love reaching to us saying, let it go, dude. Don't walk in that anymore. It's his love that tells us to forgive one another because he loves us enough to forgive us. He never quits working. And his love never quits massaging us all the days of our life. He, keeps, he just keeps coming. It keeps demonstrating over and over again his tender mercies and his tender love for you and me. But he's done that for a reason. He's done that to quicken us. It's not like uh, the, the, what is it, the, the movie that, uh, that they, the quickening? <laughs> what was the name of that? Highlander. It's not, it's not Highlander now. This has nothing to do with Highlander. This has to do with God. Do you remember, anybody ever watch Highlander? The only way you could kill them is you had to cut off their head. You could shoot them, step on them, stomp them, smash them. You know, you could do anything to them as long as their head was intact. They'd come back to life. But the quickening means to make alive. 
The scripture says, even when we are dead in our trespasses and sins, he made us alive. He quickened us from the dead. Even while we were sitting in darkness, and his mercy and his love is pouring out on us, and all of a sudden he gets a hold of us, and he quickens us. He causes us to come and believe. And all of a sudden his spirit comes in us. It, it simply means to make alive. Romans 8. One. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Do you hear what I said? Therefore, there is no condemnation. There is no judgment for those who are in Christ Jesus. God does, you've been acquitted. You know what acquitted means? You're not guilty. It means that God says, you are free from those things. And no one, no one has the power to judge your life, and I don't judge it. No one. So you're walking around feeling condemned. You're walking around listening to what people say to you, believing what other people are speaking to you. It's all nonsense. Because as far as God is concerned, He has chosen you. And he has poured out his love in you. And you are acquitted from everything that ever could have happened in your life. King James puts, adds some stuff to that script, that for verse 1. It does not exist. It's not in the original text because this is what God does. What I mean, it's his position. These are the things that he does. And he, this is the things that he's saying. He goes on to say, For the law of the Spirit of life, that's the Holy Spirit, has set me free from the law of sin and death. And what simply that means is I've been quickened from the dead. The Spirit of God that is in me has killed, killed the law of the Spirit of, of death. I'm no longer going to die in a spiritual sense and be separated from God anymore. It's impossible. Completely impossible. This is what God does. This is what God does out of his love for you and me. He says, everything I see now, I see through my son. And my, what I see in you is the righteousness of my son. That's all I see. I don't see anything else. That life is a resurrection life. It's the same kind of resurrection that Jesus did when he was, when he was raised from the dead. It is the, the life of God taking dead things and making them live. It is the life of God that is spurring in you now. It is living in you. It's living in a living power within you. It is a place where there is true righteousness and holiness, and God, that's what God sees in you. The righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He sees the very holiness of God in you. I know we can really get caught up in a lot of things. Even when we fall short. We can beat ourselves up for weeks. But why? 
repent and move on. Repent and move on. This quickening is uh, in John five twenty one. As the Father raises the dead and gives life to them, even so the Son gives life to whom He will. And you know what? He gave you life. He raised you from the dead. He put His Spirit in your heart, and He made you alive. And he did it for one reason. And one reason only. Because he loves you. That's the only reason. There's no other reason for what God does. Everything he does is spurred by one thing. is his love for us. You know, if we get a hold of that, the enemy has no, has no way to get a hold of us. Really. What's the ways, what are the ways he gets us? He, he tries to get us in a place where he, he, we feel defeated. We've, that's, that's really what it comes down to. That we've really messed it up. That we're never going to get it right. Nah, blah, blah, blah. All the stuff that we go through. Believing about ourselves. And we're not good enough. We're not worthy enough. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and when you begin to understand God loves you, not because of anything that you've ever done will ever do. He simply loves you because he, you are his creation. And he chooses you. And he says, I love you. Don't ever forget that. That if anything's going to spur you on into the things of God is knowing one thing, that no matter what, God loves me. And I stand before him, he fully accepts me. When I pray, he fully accepts my prayer. No matter what, he does. Not because of me, but because of him. It's what he does. It's the place that he goes. But it is by grace you are saved. Now I want to explain this word. In the Greek, it has kind of two different things that it's speaking to because of the participles, participles and the verbiage of the, of the structure of the sentence. And what God is saying is that you are saved from all your past. You're saved up into the present and into the present, and into the present. Now, people are going to try to tell you that, that uh, you're not, you know, we use that term once saved, always saved. How can you change what God does? You can't. You've got to understand, this is what God did. This is God's, uh, 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 how would you say it, uh, protocol. It's the way God wants it to be. It's not the way man wants it to be. It's not the way uh, that man uh, tries to use it against us. God is saying to this, to us in this, this is what I'm doing, and this work stands eternally secure. Being saved by grace simply means that God says to you, I'm saving you from all your past, and I'm saving you from all that which is present in your life right now. 
And tomorrow, uh, you'll be saved in the presence of right now. It's a present tense word, meaning saved in the present tense. What does saved mean? Yes, saved from my sins. But it means a, a place of safety. It means to be preserved. It means to be delivered. It means to be healed. That's what it means. So I am, the, those things, which is the meaning of this word, that's what I'm walking into. That's what God is giving me. And, it, it, and simply what it means is from the beginning, from the end, all the way up to the present time, all the way until I get home. You cannot be any more saved than what you are at the moment you come to know Jesus as your personal Savior. And you cannot change it. And nobody can. Paul made it sure in his writings that we understood that. He wanted us to understand that. You're going to say, why? Because it's important for you to know that he did what he did because he loved you. Not because of anything you could do for him. Don't you, doesn't that take a lot of pressure out? I don't have to do all this stuff for God. I don't have to be all this stuff for God. I just need to be loved by God and know that he loves me and allow his love to work in me and to move me and to spur me into the things that he has for me, not what anybody else wants for me or what they think I should be in. God, that's freedom. That's true freedom. To be free in Christ, to be moved by Christ, to live by Christ, to walk into power by Christ, to move where Christ is sending me, to do the things that Christ is asking me to do. Wow, when I get moving in the things of God, God's Spirit is moving in me. And when God's Spirit is moving in me, He's moving me exactly to where He needs me to be and to do what He exactly what He needs me to do. So easy to get caught up in religion. And religion says, I'm messed up here. Religion says that I have to do this and I have to do that. And I have to walk this way and I have to live that way and I have to dress like this and I have to dress like that. And I have, it goes on and on of the things that I have to do to be accepted by God. And it's simply not true. It's simply not true. God, the Lord, <clears throat> Paul writes it twice in that piece of scripture. Once in the sixth verse and once again in the eighth verse. He reemphasizes the very same thing he said the first time. Because he wanted everyone to be assured. For by grace you have been saved through faith is not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. What is the gift? <clears throat> the gift that he offers us is the gift of salvation. What does that mean? That means to 
That means to be born again. That means knowing that forevermore I am his. We can justify anything that we do, but when the Spirit of God begins to convict you of it, it's no longer, it is no longer, uh, uh, you know, I, I'm not saying that God's going to condemn you. He's just going to, he's going to convict you. You know what he's going to say to you? Don't do that. Don't do that no more. Don't live that way. Don't live that way no more. The Spirit of God will be your, the, the, governing, the governance in you of how you walk with God. We just learn to listen to the Spirit of God that is in us. He begins to warn us when things are bad or tell us when things are good, moving us where we need to go. I hate to say this, but we're knowledge-oriented. All knowledge does is puff up. See, this is not of you. You didn't do this. None of this that God gives us, you have anything to do with. Do you know that? Not one part of it. None of it's yours. It's him. That's what he's saying. It's me. It's not you. You can't do this. Don't even put yourself in the same picture with it. Because there's no way you can get there except that I offer it to you out of my great love for you. And it's a gift that I'm offering you is a gift of life. What I'm offering you is a gift from this darkened world that is definitely keeps going down and down and down, which is motivated by all the things of this world. It keeps pulling people down. God, it can get so ugly, can it? It destroys lives. God, in more ways than one. The alcoholic, the drug addict, the gambler, the adulterer, on and on. All it does is destroy and destroy and destroy. And what God is offering us is life. And he's saying to you, this is a free gift to you. You don't have to do anything to get it. You don't have to do anything to earn it. I'm offering it to you as a free gift. Understand, there's no way you can get there without me. And what I'm offering is the only way you can get there. I'm offering my salvation to you. Why? Because he loves you. I didn't think I'd get this far. In fact, I thought I'd be done. I'm going to read this last scripture. But when the kindness of, and the love of God our Savior towards man appeared, not by the works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. Through the washing and regeneration 
and the renewing of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out unto us abundantly through Christ our Savior, Christ our Lord, and having been justified by his grace, that we should become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. An heir, a child, cousin, aunt, uncles, that we become heirs and this inheritance that of, of, the, of, of the kingdom of God. Man, you know what that is? That's the wealth of heaven. That's the wealth of everything that God possesses. I want to go on. I want to back up for just a moment. The first thing that happens when you get saved is that you're justified. And what that simply means, you've been acquitted of everything. And God says, not guilty. The second thing that takes, and, and, and that justification, that comes with that justification comes the righteousness of Christ on you and in your life. So from that point on, the cloak that you put on is the righteousness of God. So every time that God sees you, then this is how it works. Every time that God sees you, he sees that cloak of righteousness on you. And Jesus says, that's, my, that, that's mine. He's mine. She's mine. And there's no judgment that comes from no, anything other than that. There's no judgment. Jesus stands before the Father and says, that's mine. That's mine. That's my righteous ones. That's my righteous ones. And day after day, that's how it works. Day after day, that's how it works. You've got to see that. Because that comes out of God's love to not just to govern you, but for his mercies to be poured out on you so that you could live out your walk with God the way God intended us to walk it out. You know what that means? I'm not going to be perfect. You know what that means? I'm going to stumble. You know what that means? I'm going to say things I shouldn't say. You know what that means? I'm going to act in ways I shouldn't act. I'm going to get angry at, at times. All the different things in our life that we go through day after day, when God looks at you, he sees that righteousness. And those things are covered by the blood of Jesus. Well, the second thing that happens is a little word called sanctification. That word sanctification means to take you out of one thing and to put you in another. In essence, what he's saying, I'm going to take you out of the first Adam and put you into the second Adam. That's the beginning of sanctification. It's the changed heart. It's being filled with the Spirit. But that work of sanctification doesn't stop. You know why? Because God is conforming you to the image of his son day after day, year after year. He keeps changing you, transforming you, causing you to become more like his son as you walk out your Christian walk. So when you're at the beginning, is differently. you're going to be different than when you're at the end. You're going to be closer to that image, but it doesn't stop there. It goes on to eternity. Why? Because we are finite. He's infinite. Man, it may, you know what? It should make you feel so good knowing that Jesus has you. It should make you feel so good knowing 
that nothing can take you out of his hands. It should make you feel so good knowing that you're more than a conqueror and that God is still working on you. And someday we're going to get there. Our biggest problem is we wrestle with God in all of it. Don't do that. Okay, next time. God says, come. And you say, well, Lord, not right now. He says, yield. And you say, well, Lord, I'm not ready. He says, surrender. Oh, well, God, I'll surrender, at, at, you know, on Sunday. I mean, that's, that's how we are as human beings. Don't tell me we're not. And yet, if we allow the Spirit of God that is in us to work in us, even when it's hard, allow Him to bring us into that change, that transformation of change. And we'll begin to see a transformation in us. We'll begin to see things like love and hope and faith begin to increase. We begin to see and understand that God's greatest interest is us and our well-being. <coughs> then glorification. But glorification doesn't come until we go home. That's the rapture kind of thing, you know, when they're raptured, Jesus comes back on the, and the dead, the dead in Christ shall rise first, and then those who are us, are living, shall rise and meet him in the air. That's the glorification factor. That's the first resurrection. That's when we take on our immortality in our bodies. That's when we, we, this, this flesh, it's totally and wholly sanctified. And, and, and that from that point on, I'm whole again. And those who have died before me are whole again. God's going to take every speck of your, of your body and he knows where every speck is. I don't care how much you burn it and cast it into the wind. God's going to call it, call it, when you start to come out of the earth, you're going to get every part back. Every part. And then we're going to meet him in the air. And then we're coming back. We're going to kick the crud out of the devil. Jesus is going to throw him in the pit. And we're going to live in the, in the earth for a thousand years. We're going to have the millennial reign. I say all that because this is the work that God is doing. But it all began with the preface of one thing, is that he loves us. And out of that great love that he has for us, he pours out himself on us and into our lives to bring us and transform us and change us so that when that day comes, when we raise from, the, from this mortal life into mortality, man, we're going to become like Jesus. Don't fight it so hard. Really, the person you're fighting is not a human being. The person you're fighting is God. If God has drawn you into his kingdom, give it up. Let it go. Repent. Receive his mercy. Receive his love. Be changed. 
If you're, if, even if you're in a backslidden state, give it up. What are you fighting so hard for? What? To hold on to your whatever you think you're holding on to? Whatever God offers you is far more greater than anything that you possess. Forgive where you need to forgive. Let go where you need to let go. Live with God. Walk with God. Grow with God. Thank you for joining us today here at the Living Waters Church in Globe, Arizona. We hope you enjoyed the message by Pastor Jay Petty. May you have a great week and may everything you do be blessed by God.